Hey everyone, and welcome back to yet another installment of the weekly catch up podcast. It is Tuesday, October the 12th, 2021, in the year of our Lord AD. And this is the 84th installment of our humble little show. We're in the kitchen cooking up number 84 this week. If you are on audio only, you might want to refer over to our ever flourishing YouTube page for the latest. Now that this is a vlog, we are officially YouTubers. I'm your host, Carson Gibbons, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mr. B-Red Colvin. That'd be me. Hey, guys. Welcome to our channel. <laughs> Dude, it feels like the whole intro feels hokey whenever it's more for the video part. It's like, we should just be already going, yeah, you know? Right. You know, it is what it is. Got to keep with the format, but, uh, <laughs> you know, round two of videos. So, yeah, hopefully this one's even a bigger and better pro- product. Let's uh, let's give our reflections on the first one on the other side of the break. Uh, but to play us in, as always, Mr. David Mwansa. Brad, do you have something to say? Let's get it! It's the weekly catch-up with Carson and Brad. Here to talk about the week we done had. It could be sports, religion, politics. We keeping the tabs. You would think they work for Gucci. How they deep in they bag. Get your facts up. On Wednesday, we'll be counting the stats up. So turn the volume up till it's maxed up. You know the drill. So tell a friend to tell a friend to relax up and chill. We back up. This is the weekly catch up. Number 84, my friend. The big old 8-4. Man, I thought we would start this episode by talking about who wore number 84 in your lifetime the best. You got any? Mm. Is that Antonio Brown? Is that 84? Uh, I think so. Let's let's look up. Um, AB, huh? AB is number 81. Uh, I got Antonio. Uh, he was 84 at some point. Yeah, I think he might have been whenever he was in New England. And sir, he definitely when he was at Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, Steelers for sure. Yeah. Boy, and um, they just... I would have to say, oh, Kyler Murray, right? Didn't he? Where's first, he at? Uh, maybe not. He was the Texas Tech boy, right? Oh, never mind. This is a stupid list. Um, Are you hearing me? I am. Are you hearing me? (laughs) Yeah, you're just ignoring me. (laughs) No, I was ignoring you because Kyler Murray did not wear the number 84. Of course he wouldn't. He's a QB. He's a QB. Yeah. Yeah. So why do they have that methodology? Why does this? All QBs are like number, you know, one through 20, number one through 18. And then it seems like wide receivers could either be like a 19 or an 88. Yeah. You ever notice that? Yeah. What number would you wear? Um, so I feel like I wore 31 as a kid. Uh, I'm Dude, I wore 33. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I always Brothers. thought 33 was like the meek Christian guy on the team. Um, mm. I feel like there were several uh, big big leaguers that modeled that behavior. And it was obviously the, the age at which we crucified Christ. Um, (laughs) So it just feels symbolic from that perspective, but 33, why'd you wear 33? 
I feel like um, I wasn't a starter, and that was the number available after uh, all the good players got to pick. <laughs> what sport were you playing that was 33-man deep? <laughs> uh, that, basketball, dude. I mean, like, we had, like, what, 15 jerseys? 15, dang. Yeah. So you weren't starting five? Were you the sixth man? Yeah. Ooh, I was, like, 16th man, baby. Um <laughs> borderline yeah. latvian player <laughs> yo but i made sure my homies were refreshed though <laughs> like <laughs> okay so you were the water boy <laughs> they got that they, they got that quality h2o <laughs> um well the whole number 84 who wore a best thing did not work at all but welcome nope. back to our it was a good bit our, our podcast vlog um we did this out of desperation last time. And I think I texted you at some time over yeah. the last two weeks and said, Oh, we've been doing this backwards, buddy. Yeah. Um, got, got some, got some listens and some views off of the old, off the old YouTube. Happy about that. Uh, I, go ahead. And, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, please go ahead. No, I was just going to say, apparently like a lot of my sophomores have been listening lately. And so, Hey, sophomores, uh, <laughs> You know, if you catch it, if you tune in on this one, let me know what you think. Uh, but yeah, like a group of them just like flocked in and said, oh, I listened to your podcast. I'm like, oh, hope I didn't. Anyway. Yeah. So what's up? What's up, kids? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, <laughs> I specifically mark on YouTube, like, no, this video is not made for kids. So, yeah. Um, yeah. No. What's up, late teens? <laughs> yeah. Don't, 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 don't capture that. Fellow, fellow <laughs> teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move right off of this. Yeah. No, I, um, YouTube. I, I, I texted you that I felt like, you know, so many of the, the thematic elements that we've discussed over the first two years of this show could have been done with more latitude uh, given to us by our listeners if they'd been able to see the facetious look on our face or the, the gleam in our eye if we're kind of going out on a limb saying something tongue in cheek a little bit. Um, also just, you know, the, the comedic value of it, like um, you burning your hand in the fire the last time got a lot of laughs. A lot of people yeah. hit me up over that. Um, and you know what I thought the craziest thing was is we've been pretty transparent that, you know, we get a bunch of book in listeners cover to cover, mm -hmm. um, usually like 100, 150 an episode. I was always pretty transparent about that, but the YouTube, uh, we got five new subscribers off of that. We got real listeners mm. off of that 130 uh, views thus far on the last, uh, podcast. So already YouTube is like carrying the bulk of like the typical listens, right. Within the here. first week, within the first week, which is atypical. Also, there are another 40, 50 listens on like our anchor distributed platforms, like Apple, uh, Spotify, and I checked average listen duration, even after they were instructed to go back over to the YouTube page. And I felt like maybe our, our sound quality was more optimized for this versus the audio only podcast. 100% consumption, 100% of the episode. So we that's awesome. You, you riding with us and being platform agnostic tots. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great to hear. Glad that you guys listen cover to cover. Uh, maybe they're just listening, waiting for a joke to hit, but uh, they're here nonetheless, and we are grateful. We are. Speaking of cover to cover, I've been What's coast that? to coast, coast to coast yeah. since uh, 
since number 83, but I think you've had some interesting things going on as well. Oh, you know, here and there, just uh, closed on a house and completely moved in. What's up? We in here. In. I've been sleeping. I've been sleeping in my new bed. No, it's great, man. Oh well, yeah, you're waking up and looking at your own yard. What does what does it feel like? What? Tell me about the first. Did you sleep in it the first night? Yeah. Yeah. You're like, yeah. did you air mattress that thing? <laughs> no, uh, we moved in a king bed. Had it to myself. It was crazy, uh, <laughs> man. I let me like. I'll be honest. I got emotional whenever we were signing, you know, our life away on the contract and everything. Like, in order to get the keys to the house, um, it was just a really, really cool feeling. Uh, I feel like I finally have um, my own place that was well earned. Um, you know, Courtney and I worked hard. We saved a lot of money. That's something that we talked about at the beginning of our relationship. Um, you know, whenever we first realized that, Hey, this is going to be moving forward. Cause, uh, I, you know, I was wanting to be a homeowner. And so that's something that I kind of had to talk about. It's just like, Hey, let's, let's save that cash. So we were able to, and it all came to fruition. You know, we, we were there throughout the whole process of the home being built. And so that was really cool. Just seeing it in its different phases back whenever it was just mud and rocks. And then, um, you know, checking on it every week. And uh, being able to open that front door about a week and a half, two weeks ago. So, um, yeah, man, it, it's been wonderful. I, I live seven minutes from work. Um, and, and, dude, I will say, like, I've been hitting up Cleburne a lot more now that I'm living there. It's it, like, they're, they're, they got a Chick-fil-A there now. They got a full-fledged H-E-B. Their Aldi is, like, the best Aldi I've ever seen in my life. Um, life is good. <laughs> It's, uh, life is a lot more convenient. Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Like I got a Chick-fil-A maybe five minutes from me. Yeah. The neighborhood's getting better when it's not just like, I mean, I, I think that the ghetto chicken places bar none are the best. Are I the think best. That, sure. Like Golden Chick. Golden Chick, I think is not as ratchet anymore because they have like the Globe Life sponsorship. Like mm -hmm. they have premium they, saturation. yeah they've garnered some respect i'll say that <laughs> they they stopped placing them like right next to boost mobiles and i think i don't know there might be something to it there there were just some locations where it's like okay i'm i'm gonna let the uber eats guy get shot and i'll i'll be at the the house chilling waiting for the the mm -hmm. dopest chicken in the world the golden chick and the dopest yeast rolls however when a, a you know, Chick-fil-A comes in. That's a certain level of bougie Karen that's pervading the neighborhood. That's a, can I talk to your manager type demographic <laughs> that is being built up mm -hmm. around them? And um, interesting. Yeah. So I'm not mad at it. I'm loving the home. Um, yeah. No, no complaints here thus far. It's just been, it's been crazy trying to get everything set up. Like we had to have, uh, you know, the security come in and, and hook everything up. And they're actually showing up again tomorrow to turn everything on. Um, we got... So you, you got a home security system? Yeah. What does that entail? Uh, they... Okay, so our home was built where everything was, like, already pre-installed. Now they just have to, like, insert something to flip it on it was basically so like we always had the option and now that we're paying for it they just turned the system on um and so they're coming out tomorrow i have spectrum internet coming out 
Uh, they had come out last week and they're like, yeah, we can't service this area, but we'll come in next week and install something and see if that works. And so hopefully uh, tomorrow goes well and maybe I can get some Wi-Fi up in the house. If not, then I'm just going to have to get some uh, lesser than type of internet. Um, not, Wait, not super great. We're thinking that there's still a chance that premium high-speed Wi-Fi may not be available for this new home. Is this news yeah. to you? Um, it's not news to me in that, like we asked halfway kind of through the building process, but because it's a new neighborhood, um, it just hasn't been installed yet. But, uh, you know, I made one phone call and Spectrum's like, yeah, we'll come out and we'll install something and, and see if it works. So at least, at least I feel like, uh, some companies are willing to try. I even told Spectrum, I was like, this is a brand new neighborhood and we're all trying to get Wi-Fi out here. So if you want a bunch of new customers, uh, come out. And so we'll Seriously. see how tomorrow goes. But I, I would think that yeah. would be table stakes. And I, you're also going to see like some of this migration from Cali, New York. It's going to cause people that are in Dallas and in Fort Worth to move further out if they have remote mm -hmm. work capabilities. But if you don't have high speed Internet connections and the ability to like transact online, email, video conference, you know, that's going to be a harder sell. So, yeah, yeah I think as you. I mean, it might require like rallying the neighborhood at some point, baking cookies mm -hmm. and list a petition together. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, congrats, dude. That. Thank you, man. It's great. I can't wait to come see the place at some point. Yeah. We'll have you over soon. Um, yeah. Looking forward to it. Um, any unexpected expenses at this stage? Um, not any unexpected, but we, you know, we had to purchase a refrigerator. We're getting a, um, washer and dryer. We're going to order one on Friday. Um, and so not any unexpected per se, but definitely, um, definitely, you know, had to watch our, watch our accounts and make sure that we could afford some of the stuff. So another reason why we had to save. Am up I going to be. Am I going to be going to your fridge and getting cubed ice out of the door? So we have a pull-out freezer and you'll get ice from the tray down at the bottom. Dude, know. our, our so refrigerator. It, it, had, it, it goes like, like that this, up top. And then it has, and then it has, but check this out. Do the you open, <laughs> you open the left door of the refrigerator. There is a built-in water filter pitcher. Like you undo it, you pour your drink. You put it back in and it pours and filters all on its own. It's pretty sweet. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Those things are like, some people are installing fridges in their homes that it's just like, did you need it to do this? It's like, I can look through yeah. this thing and it's like, that's yeah. two days old. That, that's Right. And you like, it has like a digit, like a note, like you can write notes on it and stuff. Um, Brian Regan, the comedian has a funny bit where he's like, yeah, I had to go refrigerator shopping with my wife, like walking around. Huh. This one keeps your food cold for 500. <laughs> this one keeps your food cold for 700. <laughs> like just goes on and on. And I'm just like, yeah, as long as the food's cold, as long as I can get some water and ice, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty set. Uh, don't need all the bells and whistles. I don't think. I mean, you've seen mine, and I'm just happy that it's like the stainless steel <laughs> yeah. exterior version. Um, I, I'm getting a handful of ice out of the freezer and 
That's <laughs> right. Some water. I'll have to class it up at Old B Red's house. We'll just be there with our Polynesian sauce from Chick Fil A. Like, mm. there we go. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah. So that that's that on the house. If you have other questions, I can answer that. But I do want to hear about your trip. Um, dude, I just want to tell you about all the the New York comedy that we saw and how lucky we yes. got some of that. Super jealous. Um, because I had two two trips. Too. it's finally it's finally settled down it was like wedding season um shout out to ashley and aaron who got married on sunday i apologize for missing that those festivities but i hope you received my gift today and uh condolences letter um on my absence whatever i'll get out of that one uh sierra <laughs> and paul got married on saturday yeah. congrats to them i witnessed the nuptials and it was beautiful and we'll we can talk palm springs later but new york um, right after the last podcast that Wednesday flew out to New York mm -hmm. with the fam as, as we talked about doing and just had a great time. I won't bore you with all the details, but it ended up, I, I was sitting with my family in Bryant park. I think it was the last morning. And I was like on the real y'all, like, thanks for helping contribute to the, the biggest comedy trip I've ever taken, uh, to New York. Like we were in the clubs three nights that week and yeah. I, I got my whole family out to go see people. So I flew in on Wednesday and looked up the comedy cellar and the, the fat black pussycat lounge around the street. There's like three entities at the comedy cellar. Now village underground at the comedy cellar, original comedy cellar main room. And then this other joint, well, we go to this one, which was like probably 50, 50, 60 people. Like okay. it, it was pretty intimate. And I wanted to see Ronnie Chang from the daily show and Mark Norman, who I'm a huge fan of. And it was just awesome. We saw a couple other comics with them. I took my dad and my sister. And the funniest part was that there's such uh, well, my sister self-described herself as like, you know, a comedy rookie, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like, Things that I'm like, oh, that's been done before. That's hack. Like, it just is, I'm down the rabbit hole. I'm a nerd about it. Yeah. And so her I, and won... I Her and I saw a uh, comedy show whenever I was living in Maryland. That was one of the things that we did. Did you, so you saw. Um... It was, it was a, I can't even remember her name. Um, it was fun though. Well, you but saw that, a guy... That's actually the last show that I've been to. I think. You saw a guy there at that oh. show as well, I believe maybe because meredith third night third comedy no second comedy club night I'll, I'll tell you this story um i didn't mean to cut in sorry yeah no i'm like <laughs> she saw a guy that performed at the comedy show that y'all were at and they mm -hmm. talked about it after the show one of the okay. nights we were out at the clubs we went to village right. underground for that particular comic that's a really good story that mark norman killed ronnie chang was amazing yeah. Like amazing. He really exceeded my expectations, but it was just hilarious because the two guys that were doing the crowd work that were working with nothing, they were like the MCs just stretching, stretching, stretching. Cause there was only about four, 10, 15 minute acts uh, mm -hmm. in that particular show. I look over and they're just like howling, you know, like crying, wiping their eyes, just slapping their knees over like some pretty, you know, just crowd worky type stuff. <laughs> sure. And my sister goes, uh, we're going to be easy sells all week. So just enjoy this. <laughs> we'll be impressed by anything. 
Yeah, so that's good. The, sec- the second night, uh, she was just dying to go out to the comedy clubs. So her, Brian, and I went to the club and I told Brian, I said, okay, based on the crowd work that we saw last night, like you're going to get lit up because I, we figured out we're in the first, second row. Like we're mm-hmm. right around the stage and I'm like, they're going to light us up. And I said, <laughs> you're in the splash you, zone. Yeah. I said, if you say that you're from Germany and I say I'm from Texas, they're going to be like, Oh, two Nazis walk into a bar, you know, like <laughs> be, that was going to be low hanging fodder. Yeah. So we go to that show. Artie Fakua is the MC. And at one point he looks at Meredith who's sitting in between us, which is probably mm-hmm. uh, not, probably not the move. And he goes, which one's the boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> and she goes this one pointing at brian and he'd already like gotten under brian for like folding his arms at one point in the show he was uh-huh. like hey man don't do that i see a white man with his arms folded like that and it, it just <laughs> never goes well and so he was kind of roasting him but then he turned to me and it, he goes oh, oh so you're no. not the boyfriend and it was never established that this was my sister right and her boyfriend so i'm oh, not no. in like the cool <laughs> the cool zone like that um and he goes, uh, well, you're, you're good looking, man. You're just third wheeling it. And he goes, uh, are there any single ladies in the house tonight? Well, we, we yeah. weren't in the 50, 60 person lounge that night. We were in the 400 yeah. person hall that was like four tiered. Nice. And, you know, you hear a big, Woo! <laughs> and uh, he goes, my man, come up here. And he pulls me on stage and he proceeds to start interviewing me. He's like, what's your name? Where are you from? What do you do? And he's like, uh, I was in like my little vest, my little uh, going out shoes. And he's like, look at this man. This man's got a job. Who wants him? And so he goes, we're going to cut to the chase here, Carson. What is your best pickup line? So you're a good looking guy. You're out. You're scoping. The oh, scene. no. What's your best pickup line? And I'm just thinking, oh, no. Like, because I, I, you know, I don't have a best pickup line. Like, um, <laughs> hi, my name is Carson. Money talks. My, yeah, I couldn't <laughs> say that. Like, that's, plus, it's not true. Um, yeah. So he goes and puts the microphone in my face immediately while I'm just going, Ugh. and so all you hear is like my big exhalation on microphone. And he goes, Whoa, Carson, like, don't be making that. That's not a pickup line. Like, FBI <laughs> might want to take a chat with you after that kind of exhalation. You know, what's going on? And so he's trying to go for like the creep vibe or whatever. And um, yeah, it was a whole thing. I finally got off stage, but um, at at one point later in the show, he was like, uh, you know, watch out for Carson. Like he'll he'll come and kill you, you know, just stuff like that. Because (laughs) I had said, Uh... I I just gone with it. And I was like, yeah, well, I mean, if they are a fan of comedy, good pickup line is you look great tied up in the back of my van. And I said that on stage and that actually that actually did well, just kind of like leaning into that vibe. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, with all these like, uh, you know, killer podcasts and stuff, like just offer to kill them, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that kind of got me off stage. That got a, a weird laugh, but whatever. <laughs> um, so Brian oh, is good. just gloating this entire time. He's like, you thought I was going to be under attack. And it uh-huh. turns out I was just, yeah. Anyway, it was a fun That's night. Great. We got pulled I on stage that. for photo sesh afterwards. Cosal a couple new comics that I'd never seen that were just wildly talented. Um, nice. Last night, make a, a short story long, um, we saw Neil Brennan at Chelsea Lane Theater. I, I saw that on one of your stories and I was super jealous. That one was 
really cool. That Cherry Lane Theater, when they open the theater doors from the street, like you can see the stage. And mm-hmm. show is at 10. So Neil Brennan walked out at 10.05 and did 85 minutes of, of comedy. For those that, I think we've touched on Neil Brennan before, but for those that don't know, he uh, co-wrote and created uh, The Chappelle Show. He has the three mics uh, stand up on Netflix. Um, what else? What else is he known for? Um, just but being like super, super talented, super funny, intelligent dude. Yeah, like a really intelligent comic. Like I felt confident that even though there would be profanity and maybe some even dirty thematic elements, that he mm-hmm. would be smart enough that like taking my whole family to it was going to be nothing. You know, it'd be fine. Yeah. Um, um, I was glad because my mom kind of gave me a fist bump and gave me points. She's like, I really like this guy. She hadn't been out to a comedy club like that since the eighties, she had told me. So Mm. I had really tried to provide a show for the whole family the night prior at, I went to the comedy cellar, Tom Papa. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but of course, love Tom Papa. And he was supposed to be doing the 6 30 PM show at the village underground. And I'm like, okay. this is family friendly. This is basically Gaffigan, but probably mm-hmm. better. Um, maybe. And uh, I just, he has such a calming presence on JRE talking mm-hmm. about baking bread and all, all the stuff that he does. <laughs> so I'm like, he'll be in a little bow tie. He'll be perfect for my mom. We get to the comedy <laughs> cellar and they're like, Tom Papa's not performing tonight. Matter of fact, you're not on the reservation list at all. And I'm like, no, no, no. Look at this email from 1023 AM this morning. And they were like, those are tickets to the October, to the September 14th show. It's September 30. And I'm like, somehow their website had displayed, enabled, and allowed me to check out a show that had happened two weeks prior. Ouch. I was like, that, that's a glitch y'all. So yeah, that's, we were really scrounging for it because on Saturday we were in Central Park. That was my mom's big Central Park day where she, I don't know, she had a whole bucket list of things in Central Park to keep her busy like all day. Um, I ended up leaving to go back to the hotel because this Neil Brennan inventory kept going in and out and I couldn't get it on mobile. Like I was having Mm -hmm. to get split seats and it was only 130 people in the theater. So um, I went back to the hotel and the whole time I'd been kind of pitching them. I'm like, hey, Joe Rogan is at Madison Square Garden tonight. And I know that we're not like the biggest Rogan comedy fans. However, to be able to say like we were in New York and went to see Rogan live at at MSG would be pretty legendary, right? Yeah. Anyway, I had no takers. So we went to Neil Brennan. I I said to that, I was like, Neil Brennan, all things being equal, is going to be a special treat that we'll probably remember for a long time because that's the type of talent like this was his residency for unacceptable his new hour which Mm. i think is going to be debuting on netflix shortly or being shot for netflix um netflix or hbo but um his uh it, it was he'd extended it through November 21st in this tiny little theater over on kind of the, uh, the Greenwich village type area of town in YU. Mm-hmm. And he had this person that he worked with that had modeled all the elements of his life into like physical, like block cutouts that were displayed on tiny little display shelves on a wall that 
it's always changing colors throughout the set. Like it was kind Very of produced cool. and he would move these things around. So he would choose, there'd be a high heel and that would prompt mm -hmm. him to talk about his life with women and relationships and different things like that. And then he would put it in a different spot on the display set. And at the very end, they dim the lights and there's a projector, uh, like a projection of light that goes through all of these elements that actually forms his silhouette perfectly on this, oh. like on this uh, display thing. And uh, he just kind of like takes a look at it and then he nudges one thing that obviously had, it had like a trap shelf that was there. Yeah. He nudged it forward and it put and it sunglasses all... on his silhouette in like, it was really well done. And then, you know, curtain and it was really cool. Awesome, man. I'm super happy to hear that. Um, glad you guys had a great time. Um, the next comedy show that I'm going to is uh, Hasan Minhaj. Um, he's going to be here. Yeah, he's going to be here in November. Um, it's like one of the first comics that, like, one of the first specials that Courtney and I watched together, like on Netflix. Um, and uh, yeah, so we're going to go check him out. Yes. So, quick question: Why are you booking comedy shows in DFW without telling me? And <laughs> um, so this is it's Courtney's birthday is next month, and so is it a date? Like yeah, it was a date. Uh, um, okay, it, that's fine. Of course, any other time. Dude, Theo Vaughn's got to be torn soon because he has a new special coming out on Netflix. Um, yeah. I, if you want to, that would be the one that I would 100% go to if he's touring. Um, so I'm like, if we need to pause this and like buy some tickets now. Uh, <laughs> we might have down, to. But, yeah. um, actually, um, so he's going to be, oh, where is he? Theo Vaughn, Theo, Vaughn, Theo Vaughn is just different man He's just he different. really blew up yeah uh improv April 6 20 no that was whatever we'll look it up later but yeah man no he, I didn't realize but I checked his YouTube the other day and old boy's got about a million subscribers now oh so yeah he he's um, moving weight like moving serious weight yeah uh so is a uh, full sin podcast. Uh, those guys that I mentioned, oh, yeah? they're, yeah, you were talking about them. Their latest guest, um, last week, uh, they had Dan Bilzerian, um, okay. and then they had Bryson DeChambeau. And oh, I'm like, these, these guys are so sick. They're like, just talking to all the people I would talk to like Jordan Belfort, yeah. Donald Trump Jr. Um, Dana White, all the way to, to Bryson DeChambeau. And then they went out and like did a golf, round with him and like got blog mm -hmm. content so i thought that was super interesting yeah for sure um definitely definitely in your wheelhouse we kind of went through a comedy like hiatus on netflix because i was checking their their titles yeah. and like their pandemic stuff is lagging and so that made dave the closer the new dave Chappelle mm -hmm. special that came out so exciting i actually downloaded it and watched it on the flight to palm springs on thursday of this past week and okay. wanted to see if you'd seen it i have not i am going to be watching it this weekend um made it a little difficult because of the, the no wi-fi thing um but i'm definitely going to get on that however i have read a bunch of think pieces on it <laughs> oh i'll bet uh i 
I just started seeing things like, oh, is he canceled? I'm like, that's that's silly and naive to think that you could cancel Dave. Yeah. Um, so what was your overall takeaway? Um, could you see why people would be offended from anything that he said or if they should be? Or should we just chalk it up to he's a comedian? You should be expecting that. Um, what do you think? I think the last option is obviously always applicable to a certain extent. You can't take this joke uh, about a very tough adult situation and laugh and then not, you, you can't cherry pick like that. Mm -hmm. um, I will say, if you didn't watch the entire thing in a sitting or close together, uh, you could come away with bad vibes, I'm sure, because it's an incomplete piece. And this was, yeah, he, he did go out on more of a limb with this one. Like this one was less, this one was less comedy special and more think piece uh, a little yeah. bit. And I heard that it was like more of a response to a lot of the stuff that he had been getting from his previous standup. Um, he said that this was his last comedy special for a while. And yeah. um, it sounded like it was the last of the Netflix franchise that mm -hmm. he was signed for. And it was basically, I've been getting all this flack from all you different groups uh, for all these different things in all these different specials. And so what he did was he tied a, a line through, he tied a thread through all of the different specials, like Sticks and Stones and this mm -hmm. one, and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then had responses and kind of life stories to basically illustrate the way that I took it, white, white, six-gender six male, whatever they say, um, the way that I took it was, hey, you know, lighten up. Things are funny. Uh, I may not understand things right off the bat, but I want to treat everyone with humanity. And here are stories of resilient people that kind of disprove some of the, the SJW stuff that you Karens are out there advocating for, hmm. you know, maybe it was kind of stuff like that. And I'll let it speak for itself. Like I'm not, I'm not defending it. I'm not advocating for it. it it's Dave Chappelle. So I'm going to watch it. I didn't, yeah. I wasn't crying, laughing like I normally am in a Dave special. So, okay. you know, he has more at bats. Like sometimes you're kind of like, okay, you pulled a little bit of a net and I don't mean that. Like it was way better. It was way entertaining. I did the whole thing in a sitting highly fascinated um yeah. it wasn't coming from a mark norman show where it's like yeah. you know just punch 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 every, every the only thing that punches are the lines you know mm -hmm. um it's really uh it, it's a different vibe well and gets, i feel like i feel like especially with dave's uh netflix specials he's become more of like a craftsman and like storytelling and weaving humor in, but also, you know, trying to make some good points. And it's not necessarily uh, supposed to be as snappy as like if you had watched the skits from the Chappelle show, um, when, which even then, you know, he was making a lot of points back then too. But I feel like he's really just uh, become more of a storyteller with humorous situations involved, personally. Starting to feel like a ghost next to you in this. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> wonder if i just did anything i was adjusting as, the as, low light as, as as theo vaughn would say you're looking uh boo radley white <laughs> <laughs> he'd be like bro you're starting to look like casper and stuff son. <laughs> we used to know a casper growing up he, he don't come around no more <laughs> yeah. 
he had one, he had one leg. <laughs> we used to make him play golf with his other leg. <laughs> he, he just says, "Do you ever watch like yeah. Theo Lebon one-liners on like a YouTube short?" That's he, a word. Uh, I'll be honest. Like I actually have TikTok, and I've I'm on it enough to where it's crafted like everything perfectly for me like i don't see any of those dancing videos that people talk about like mine's almost 100 comedy and uh so his, his clips uh of him are always popping up on my feed and then of course i listen to his podcasts uh every week they, they say uh tiktok has the best algo in the game yeah that it, it's it's awesome it it surpassed instagram in terms of uh duration of time spent on platform mm-hmm. type deal um do you see all the facebook whistleblower stuff and then facebook goes down for six hours i didn't see the whistleblower stuff um i didn't i honestly didn't even notice facebook was down until it was back up again um and i saw people posting about it so i guess it was on by the i don't get on really during the day i might get on towards the end whenever i'm crawling in bed but uh what was the whistleblower stuff going on Basically, the uh, Facebook had self-imposed, you know, some studies uh, where they looked at, you know, maybe a, a sample group of content that they could serve to you in an algorithm based on engagement that was like the less sensational version and then like the full hate politics version. Like, you know how content went from like, you know, 21 questions or which state are you or like, you know, just something simple. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, yeah. if you were a jelly bean. Yeah. Yeah. Now yeah. it's like uh, 21 things only white people say served up to like, you know, a target <laughs> demo because they figured out that political and socially related matters that burn uh, lead the algorithm. And basically they, they tested these sample content things against each other. And I guess they made a conscious decision at some point, like, you know, go with the destructive stuff, like screw oh. it. Because uh, awesome. it was the most profitable thing and they were fiduciaries to their shareholders. and. I guess that Mark Zuckerberg came out and he was like, well, I will say that at least, you know, uh, most companies don't study the harmful effects of their products. And we actually did, you know, so there's something to be said for that, you know, like we're looking to address what we can, but obviously Instagram's algorithms came out as, you know, very harmful to the mental health of especially the younger teen female demographic. And I think we'd all kind of known that and figured that for some time, mm-hmm. but um Anyway, this this woman, this whistleblower, made it all the way to Capitol Hill for a congressional hearing on the matter. And okay. Facebook stock, I think Mark Zuckerberg lost $6 billion off his market I did cap see that. That, that particular day, which no sweat, he'll get it back. Um, yeah. I also, shout out to The Hill. I love Crystal and Sager, but I also remain subscribed to The Hill because they've got that one woman on there that, they've got a lot of people on there that, you know, it's just more independent thought like that. And mm-hmm. their longer form content leads to all the different possibilities. So when we're evaluating something like this, they broke it down on the Hill very recently in one of their radars or one of their segments that turns out if you're a whistleblower and you go to the SEC with credible information and you get that shield of protection and they ended up, they end up going and finding Facebook $100 million. This mm-hmm. woman, as the lead referrer, is entitled to a percentage of that money. So, you know, there's, there's, that was just one of the possibilities that was raised, right? Um, they took right. into account like her, her past donations to political parties and 
-hmm. you know, there's just so many factors to consider nowadays. Yeah. I want to go back to a comment that you made. So you were saying Zuckerberg said, well, Hey, at least we're like, we're doing studies on this to see the effects yet. They still decided to like, yeah, I, I heard both all of, the, of it. I heard both of those things presented, not exactly as back to back as I just did. So independent okay. research, you know, uh, right. take this with an asterisk that I'm, okay. I'm, I'm taking some of this. <laughs> I didn't it sounds watch like, all the, yeah, we saw that it had a negative effect, but you know, we press the button here we are. I do believe that that's what's, what occurred. All right. Um, cool. I do believe that that's what occurred. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, but they just, anyway, so all that's okay. been occurring and I guess they've been in hot water, which I, I think they probably just laugh. Um, I'm sure Cheryl and Mark just kind of laugh. Like these people mm -hmm. think that they have any uh, level of control. Cause you know, the, the larger crisis that was also pointed out was the fact that if you're in Latin America or Malaysia or anywhere like that, WhatsApp is like the number one communication device. It's like the number one communication infrastructure piece for many mm -hmm. developing countries. And I know that from America to external, like if I talk to people in Mexico or France or anywhere, the best way to kind of text is using WhatsApp. So with okay. Facebook, oh, yeah, that's Instagram, true. with Facebook, Instagram, Messenger, and WhatsApp down, the whole mm -hmm. point is that when some of these mon monopolistic companies fail, large swaths of the internet and economy fail for that day. Like when AWS has an outage, you're like, why isn't ESPN.com working? And also I can't get movie tickets on Fandango and also this other app. Like it, mm -hmm. it goes like that. And so they were talking about if you have a 12 hour outage on like a core portion of AWS, Amazon Web Services, that could result in a trillion dollar ding to the economy that day. Yeah, no doubt. Twitter was still up. Did you see that Facebook.com was listed for sale <laughs> at some point and Jack tweeted that? Oh, no, I did not. I didn't see that. Yeah, like it was. I saw, it was I saw hitting... Facebook tweeted. Uh, Facebook got on Twitter to like discuss some of the stuff going on uh, since well, they were down. I. I guess nowadays with Photoshop, I thought I saw this on Jack's actual timeline, but um, Facebook.com, like the DNS couldn't reach through. So it was just like, oh, nobody owns this. So it, there was a screenshot of it being listed for sale and uh, Jack had retweeted it like, oh, how much? Um, <laughs> that's funny. Anyway. That's great. Yeah. All yeah. right. Needless to say, over the last 15 days of not doing the podcast, the world has not cease to continue to fail and mm. <laughs> spin towards yeah. its ultimate demise, I'm sure. Well, I'm glad that uh, we're here to comment on it. What um, else have you been up to? Just uh, moving in and just spending moving, every man. spare moment at uh, home, I would assume. Yeah, like I go straight home, I'm chilling, play with the dog, and uh, just hanging out over there. Um, I'm traveling to Big Bend on Sunday with the sophomore class. They're going for a biology trip and they needed uh, another sponsor to go. And since I'm the young, unmarried, childless male, um, I'm in it. I'm in it. So I'll be there from Sunday to Friday. Um, catch me on, on the river and out camping. I don't know if I'll have any nice service or anything like that. I don't quite know what to expect. 
Um, I was supposed to go last year with uh, the class that I sponsor, but because of COVID, it had to be canceled. Um, but we're going this year, so uh, I'll definitely let you guys know how it goes once I get back. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so you know, <laughs> everything's you been pretty normal lately. <laughs> got a real um, problem batch of kids this year. <laughs> Should oh my be gosh. Uh, Oh. Yeah, I yeah. Anyway, um, oh, we had <laughs> basketball. We had basketball tryouts uh, on Sunday. We have our second one tomorrow evening, um, and so make it rain. That'll be good. I'm helping out more, uh, more with basketball this year. Um, so looking forward to that. Right on, dude. Yeah, man. Um, your trip to the wedding. My trip to the wedding, um, Palm Springs. Have you been out there? No. So I went to, I flew to LAX for the first time a couple of weeks ago to go to the Agora Hills Calabasas wedding. And mm -hmm. first time I'd been out there. And that was kind of like, if this is LA, it's over here on the coastline. Uh, okay. Over here in the kitchen. Um, I went south. I was more the most SoCal I'd ever been. Like San Diego was an hour and a half away. And so I remember we, I got onto American. I had to fly American. I was scared to death because the plane in front of I me. I saw a tweet. The plane in front of me, that tweet was premature. Check this out. This, this story okay. really just becomes one of like airline malfeasance. And mm -hmm. like we still had members of our party traveling back today. So stay tuned. This story is. Okay. We were all scheduled to go out there pin that. Thursday and Friday of this past week. I'd never been out there. Uh, I get on my flight and I'm like, this is American. It's going to be delayed. And of course, we're sitting on the tarmac. This other plane just had to deboard and reboard for maintenance issues. And um, we finally push off from the gate. And I remember the pilot saying, we'll be starting our sh descent shortly after uh, Phoenix, Arizona. And I was like, okay, this is definitely more of a desert. Like it's weird entry point or something but just looking out the window like oh first of all sandwiched between a fat guy and a other this other guy that was consistently nodding off the first of all shout out to this fat uh, guy this guy did everything in his power to remain in his seat and was not my problem he was not my problem it. it was the normal weight gentleman next to me that kept nodding off but doing that weird like Hey, like that weird jerk thing right before you fall <laughs> yeah, asleep yeah, yeah. where you like, yeah. you're like oh you're like let's kick out <laughs> right. yeah so he would just every five minutes his legs would start to relax and he would just go like, I'm like you know why doesn't he just lean back and go to sleep like why is he trying to hold himself up this dude jerked and fidgeted and just like oh you know the entire yeah. flight it was just wild oh my um, goodness middle seat but i did happen to see out the window i'm like these mountains are crazy, like these desert mountains that we were flying in over. And we get to Palm Springs Airport. They got us there pretty much on time. So shout out to American okay. for that. I immediately find out that Grizz, who's on the, the flight after me, she had the deboard and reboard and was hours delayed and just having a hell of a travel day. So that's when I made that tweet, just because I I'd known of so many friend issues recently. And then I'd seen all the melee in the airport. And I was the only yeah. one pretty much unaffected. Um but you get to Palm Springs and I like walk off the plane and like I keep walking and I'm outside. I'm like, what, what is going on? It's like a mall kiosk. Like you look over and it's like gates one and two, but you have to walk inside. And I'm like, but I am inside. Like, what's going on? 
they're like throwing their luggage at you. It, it was so confusing. Like they're like little, it's like buying a hair straightener at a mall. Like, a, you know, just in the middle. I'm like, what's, yeah. then you walk into a gate and that's Aeropostale. I'm like, this is so strange. <laughs> that's exactly what it was like. Like I went through security. Like, why do I smell back. like fierce right now? <laughs> <laughs> i wish we could still smell like fierce um i know can't, can't I, like, get away with it anymore abercrombie like i feel like we could bring it back tommy hilfiger tommy it's hilfiger been enough is, time it's the strongest no abercrombie is still in style if you're 16 but we can't no, wear it at 30 but i'm 30 enough time has passed where i feel like we could at least bring the cologne back where people don't know that that's <laughs> no, no no i'm not even saying i'm just saying like it smells good like why is everybody judging like i smell like mahogany teakwood like all i'm saying is there's that nothing if, wrong with that if i was in the the club offering to tie girls up and put them in the back of my van as my best pickup line goes and they smelled fierce on me they'd be like are you wearing fierce listen like, as long as you're here. not wearing like the puka necklace and the leather bracelet i feel like you could get away with the club that's just so, me i'm just saying for the for the people that didn't know what it was they'd be like oh my goodness who is this guy yeah. you know <laughs> that's what i'm saying but for the people that did which i gotta think is like a good portion yeah, of the quite quite a piece like if we're talking to people our age then yeah, they would probably which, know right yeah which we are um <laughs> uh, well i no, just just check it okay so you the kiosk you're at the airport you feel yeah. like you're outside we stayed at Cimarron Golf Resort, which was cool. We got like these uh, apartments that were not really for out of town, no car having people. Like we had our, we each had a personal garage. They were like for your cars. And we're like, we didn't drive. And they just looked at us like we were crazy. Um, apparently it's the place that you go and kind of dock and have family vacation, play a bunch of golf, do all the outdoor stuff. It was awesome though, because each of the single people, me and Grizz had like our own individual apartments that were also adjoined to like a main apartment that i mean it had a walkthrough closet bathroom bedroom uh living room breakfast nook balcony kitchen um everything and then you go into my room and it also had its own bathroom and bedroom and kitchen and all of that so it was like a, a miniature version so we had this awesome setup um we we actually got to go out for a great Mexican meal with Sierra and Paul and their families. Like be, because Dallas was the only out of town people that we went to dinner, like in with like 10 people on oh, nice. the, the first night that we were there, we went to this awesome Mexican restaurant with the best man, the, the I sat next to the mother of the groom and mm -hmm. met Sierra's parents and her sisters and her nieces and nephews. And uh, it was really awesome. I was kind of touched that they put that together for us. And then, we went to the casino because there was a hey. casino there. So that was super exciting. Um, I just uh, had to lose 150 bucks real quick just because <laughs> I was so excited. But oh, Sierra, Sierra won 1400 on a penny slot machine. And then her groom, her husband-to-be, also wins $1,400 on a slot machine. Oh. Yeah. Love that. Love that for them. Happy wedding so, weekend. Yeah. Uh, next day we, we kicked it. We had rehearsal dinner at the venue. They had this historic Korea state set up with like beautiful, like 16 foot saltwater pool. There was like a main house and two casitas off of that. And uh, the property was just like two and a half acres. It was super dope. We were there all weekend. Mm -hmm. 
um, Saturday, Michael and I got to get up and we played Cimarron uh, Pebble Golf Course. We got 15 holes of this. It was a par three. There was one par four on it, but short course, it averaged mm -hmm. about 170 yards a hole. And we played with this awesome couple, uh, Mark and Karen from Park City's Utah, and just oh, had nice. a beautiful day out there before the wedding, beautiful wedding um, on Saturday, wake up Sunday, John and Sarah had edited their flight from 11 to 6.30 a.m. They were trying to get the heck out of Dodge for some yeah. reason. Um, Michael, Shelley, Grizz, and I are all on the 2.40 out of Palm Springs to Dallas, arriving at 7.40. And I was like, I don't want to get home so late. So oh. I, go, I go to change my flight to the 11 a.m. I'm like, ah, too cleared up. Maybe I can get on that flight. Um, I go on standby for that flight on the American app. And it was already showing like travel advisory because apparently some sort of inclement weather was going to roll into Dallas. And I was looking yeah. and it didn't look like it was going to start raining until seven, eight, nine that night. So I just thought it was American being. This wimps. is this past Sunday? Mm -hmm. Two days ago. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah. I think, you know, it's coming a little bit, but. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I was here for the storm, so I. Well, you were, we didn't get anything where I was really, okay. but I heard that down your way got a lot. I want to know more about that, but um, I text, I text Grizz and say, I'm trying to get on the, uh, the 10.57 a.m. instead of the 2.40 because Michael and Shelly were going to go have their own individual brunch. I was done. She was like, cool, I'm going to do the same. And she apparently had more American points or whatever frequent mm -hmm. flyer miles. So she bumps me in the standby. She goes to number one. I go to number two. And she was like, sorry, I didn't mean to. But <laughs> we ended up Ubering to the airport with, you know, boarding passes to the 240, no guarantee of getting on the 1057. We get there, we check in with the gate agent. They said, you're just going to have to wait. We don't know. This flight is full. If people don't show up, we'll maybe see. A little bit later, you hear uh, paging passenger Grizzafi over you know standby please come check in she goes she's gone I'm thinking like oh this is my worst <laughs> nightmare like I'm about to be yeah. in this airport for four hours and then still not get home till 8 p.m <laughs> and watch your friend walk on board yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I I went to the airport thinking that's what's gonna happen like yeah. I just know it <laughs> right, like, yeah I'm gonna pay for this uber to yeah. take her to you her had, flight <laughs> you had seen enough comedy shows the previous week to, to know how this yeah. played out I've yeah. been, life's been pretty good for too long. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> um, so she comes back with a boarding pass and no roller bag. And I'm like, bye Grizz. So she sits with me for a little while longer. And then finally she's like, all right, it's my boarding time. We hug. She's like, I hope to Guess see you. Says goodbye. I'm like, I still got 19 minutes until the flight takes off. So we'll see. So I'm just sitting there 10 minutes before the flight takes off. I'm like, yeah, this is. I'm already thinking about, you know, where I can go get a coffee and plug in. And uh, then I hear paging passenger Gibbons uh, standby, come check in. So I go running over there and the guy is like, okay, you're here. Um, he goes, so sir, just to inform you, this flight is fully full and there are no seats available. So if somebody doesn't show up, we'll be sure to page you. And I was like, well, you just paged me. Like, so what was that for? Like, you <laughs> yeah. just got my hopes up, like hardcore. Gotta, I literally said, you got a page for the page. Yeah. Like, hey, like, hey, hey, dog, I heard you like pages. So he's like, this is what it will sound like if we make your day. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, oh, the false hope. 
So oh, the, I'm like, oh, this is oh, I'm like, you almost had it, you know, like yeah. it, it was so. And it's like I having wanna, the sneeze and then it just goes away. So then I, my immediate reaction is like, I'm going to kill this guy. But at the same time, this guy could still be my saving grace. So yeah. he's like, just stick right around here, right here. And I'll let you know. I'm like, all right. So finally, he's getting ready to wrap up the gate. And he just points at me. He's like, come with me. And we go to the mouth of the path down to the flight thing. And he tells the gate agent girl, he's like, go down, give me a head count. Call me on my cell phone. Tell me how many it is. And then he gets in the speaker and he's like, paging passenger Chapman. Passenger Chapman, flight 2673. If you are not here, you know, we're leaving. And so I'm just kind of like, I don't want to look over my shoulder out, you know, from the mall kiosk I'm in to the yeah. exterior to the courtyard, you know, where right. the outlet mall is. I don't want to look out and just see Chapman running, you know, and my, <laughs> yeah. my hopes just get shattered. Because yeah. um, at that point, everybody but Chapman has shown up, is ticketed and on board. <laughs> so I look over, oh. I'm just I'm like, Chapman's got to be a guy, right? Like, I'm just looking for a guy running. I don't see anybody. And so then finally, uh, without a boarding pass or anything, she comes back up, he gets the proper count, and it's about 10.50, 10.55. It's like before yeah. it's supposed to leave. He's like, go, 25 Bravo. I'm like, 25 Bravo. I think that means 25 B. So I run right. down. They're like, the compartments are done. You know, it, it, they're about to pull out. And uh, I walk to 25B. I see Grizz. She's like 33D. She's in the very back on the oh. window, like just all the way sandwiched back there. And she's just going like this. And I go. <laughs> and so I go to 25B, sweet little old man and lady. And he's like, you want me to move into the middle? This is my wife. And uh, we just book A and C. And if nobody comes, it's our lucky day. And I was like, well, I don't want to make you move. If, you know, and he's like, no, no worries. So he gives me the aisle seat more proximate to the plane's, you know, exit than, than right. even Grizz. I opened the overhead compartment. There's room. I put my bag in. I had a beautiful flight, watched all three episodes remaining of the Comey rule on Netflix with yeah. Jeff Daniels. And uh -huh. it was amazing. I highly recommend it. Okay. Love Landon Jeff Daniels, Dallas. what he's been doing lately. Landon Dallas just feel like the luckiest kid on the block. And yeah. Text Grizz, I'm like, did you Uber? Like, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go get in the Uber pool. She's like, no, I got a ride. Um, and then she texted me, good thing we left. Our flight got canceled. And I was like, shut up. Like, canceled? What do you mean? Like, I go to Google it, and it's canceled. It's just X'd out. And that was the last flight out of Palm Springs that day. And I was wow. like, oh, my goodness. So I, I text Michael and Shelly. They text us back videos of just the line, like, just snaking around Palm Springs airport and they were not able to actually leave until today. They had to be in Palm Springs until another, today? another two days. They canceled every flight after that Southwest grounded like 2000 flights or something. And American grounded a bunch of flights. And so we, I literally Chapman is still stuck in Palm Springs right now. Okay. The guy yeah. whose seat I took, couldn't leave for days after that because oh of goodness. apparently air traffic control, the weather, these hurricanes and whatnot. And then the little known fact that I'm hearing is these pilot vaccination mandates went into effect oh. and a bunch of people didn't show up to work like out of protest or something. Yeah. So 
Well, if it's being mandated, they probably weren't allowed to come back either. So I'm not even sure what the real deal is. Like the, the news coverage has been much more centered on Southwest than any of the other airline carriers. But I literally, I was like, I, it was one of those I moments. Couldn't, where I, I couldn't imagine how you would be if, uh, if you had that thought <laughs> on. Well, just, you said, yeah. no, hold on, hold on, hold on. You started this trip with a tweet <laughs> aimed at, aimed at American Airlines heads. And it was, it was because of your friends. That, that that I gotten screwed and so oh man I would have I mean I'm glad oh. that you're here that you're safe but I would have loved that Twitter thread I tell you uh, yeah I would have been canceled prior to this episode <laughs> if that Twitter thread had ever happened because yeah the oh. customer su- support tweeted me back immediately like oh huh, Texas your flight number and blah 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 and I was like suck it like go away <laughs> like um, <laughs> then I didn't even tweet because on Sunday I was like I felt so lucky to be getting in. I was getting in at three thirty now. Like I had Sunday, I could do laundry. I could, mm-hmm. I could get back to real life, and I needed that because I'd been. This was like my third week in a row traveling. Um, so yeah. I was kind of okay. I need to get back home. So I felt so lucky, and then right. I kept getting luckier as time went on. Like the more bad news that rolled in, it's like oh Carson and Grizz got the two last standby tickets on the last plane leaving this small, tiny little regional airport. Like, yeah. anyway, crazy travel story. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Michael and Shelly. It looked like they ended up making the best and I'm, yeah. going I'm on gondolas they, they and hikes. And, oh, yeah. Lovely. Glad so. they made it back safely as well. Sorry that it was delayed, guys. <laughs> wow, wild story. But anyway, that's the end of my travels. I am back. Yeah, I don't have You're any back, weddings until Michael and Shelly in December. So. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we'll have some normal life and kick it here in the kitchen. There you go. Love it. You think this podcast is about ready to come out of the oven? Uh, Just about. Um, Cowboys have been killing it. Yes, they have. Four and one? Um, Three and one? Four Four and one. one. Yeah. Uh, So super excited about that. the day, the last time that we recorded our first video podcast, I had been doing some errands, and then I saw online that uh, one of my favorite streamers, Tim the Tat Man, um, was in Dallas. He's like one of the biggest streamers ever because he had just signed with Complexity Gaming, which is also partnered with the Dallas Cowboys because Jerry Jones, Dak, Zeke, and potentially a few others are like part owners of Complexity Gaming. Um, and Ta- Tim the Tapman uh, had also just become a uh, part owner as well. And so he was in town. And so I actually uh, got to go meet him. Um, before I got up to him, I saw Zeke like dapping him up and Zeke was there for a little bit. Um, didn't get a pick with him, but it was just a really cool experience. Um, and so- So that yeah, was impromptu? To mention that. It was impromptu, yeah. I had just oh. seen one of my- yeah, one of my other friends uh, had posted about it. He had gotten there. You know Pedro Cantu? Yeah, I, I know okay. of him. Yeah, so he there like he's like super fan. He had gotten there like at five in the morning, and uh, he was like one of the first ones. He was guaranteed a spot. I got second line where it was like if he has time and he's still around, like maybe you'll get to meet him. 
So I stood in that line, uh, took maybe two hours, said, what's up, got my picture with him. Um, and then a couple other gamers that were there and then headed out. But it was just a, a cool experience. Um, Tim the Tatman, somebody that I watched a lot whenever I was living in Maryland. Uh, I started just like kind of watching streams whenever I was grading and doing stuff because it's something that I feel like I can miss and it's not a huge deal rather than like watching a TV episode and having to understand the plot and stuff like that. Plus, I think he's super funny. Um, and so, yeah, just became a fan over the past few years. And so it was really cool getting to meet him. And then the fact that he partnered uh, with Complexity that's in Dallas and uh, has some Cowboys owners. I just thought that was really cool. The following day, um, he did like a stream with Zeke and they were gaming in the Cowboys stadium and had it up like on the Jumbotron. It was pretty sick. Nice. Yeah. There's so much um, crossover between the gaming and the professional athletes. Yeah. Right. So anyway, just wanted to say that. Um, if we're trying to wrap this up. Oh, have you watched Squid Game? Mm-mm. No? It's, well, I'm trying to wrap it up because like I've lost all my light. So I'm like mm -hmm. about to disappear. Oh, I got you. Um, yeah, that's okay. I, I should head out soon I, as well. But I did I did want to touch on that just because it's been popular with everybody yeah, talking about it lately. Shout out to you for going back to school to, to do this podcast. I appreciate that, um, especially when you have a beautiful new home that you could be lounging <laughs> in at this moment. But I good. do I'm have questions here. about Squid Game because so I watched okay. the preview. Obviously, I'm, I'm not immune to mm -hmm. that this is the new thing. Um, sure. It's dubbed though, right? Yes. Um, so yeah, it's dubbed. And so if that's not, if that's not your thing, that's cool. Um, it's becoming it's more anybody's popular. thing. Like, but I don't I'm mind for you I, to tell I me like, Hey, after on episode anyway. one, like it gets better, like something like that. I mean, I thought episode one was good. Uh, they're like, I think it's like episode six that I just thought was great. And I actually have not watched it past that. I have a, I, I have a feeling it's not going to get better than that, but it's still a fun show to talk about. Um, the premise is people that owe a lot of money or in a lot of debt um, are gathered together in this arena. And they say that the jackpot is like billions of dollars and whoever wins yeah, gets all the money. And so the first game is a childhood game, red light, green light. And so there, you know, the, it's on red light and then green light, they start running and then it goes to red light and people are still running. And so this doll, like with cameras in her eyes, uh, pinpoints them and everybody that's still moving gets shot and dies. And uh, for every person that dies, more money is added to the pot. And so you can assume that whoever's the last standing wins everybody's money. But the first episode is kind of crazy because it's like they don't know that if you lose, you die. And so they're just uh -huh. all panicking. And so, you know, whenever red lights go in and people are getting shot, they don't know what's going on. So they start trying to flee, which in turn has them moving. And so they get shot as well. Anyway, crazy story. With, with, and so it's the Squid Game. Squid Game, to my understanding, I don't even know which, what that game entails, but I think that's like the last episode from what I've heard. Um, that's where it gets its name. Um, but yeah, there's some other childhood games that they play and have to survive and uh yeah it's funny I've, I've enjoyed the memes coming out from it and uh it's just been a topic a hot topic lately i'll check it out 
I'll yeah. check it out. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Hey, a billion Americans don't lie, do they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like Let that. That one ride. Oh, hey, we. Well, oh, sorry. One last thing. We started okay. this podcast, and early on, that was like whenever Tiger King came out, right? Mm-hmm. Tiger King Two is coming out, baby. We talked about this. Did we last week? I think you just broke some news. Dang it. Okay. You're like, guess what? Tiger King 2. No, I distinctly well, remember. And then okay, good. then I asked you, I'm like, well, what is this one about? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. Okay. And I remember now. There are some things that I didn't get to last podcast. And so I like copied and pasted some of my notes and that one made it back on here. So I guess I just forgot to delete it. But anyway. <laughs> cool. Can't wait for episode Squid 80, games. 85. Squid like, games. Check guys, it out. Did you know that Tiger King is coming back for another? There's more tigers. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, cool cats and kittens. Should we Thanks kiss? for checking out our blog. Oh, we got to... How would it... Logan and Jake out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I appreciate you hooking up, buddy. Uh, yeah. For... Um, so next week, I'm going to be a Big Bend. Um, so it might be a little bit before we record again, is all I'm saying. That's okay. Yeah. That's but uh, I'm super happy uh, with this. I, I think I think this video quality is going to be better than last time. Todd, you'll have to let us know. Uh, it certainly is for you. Like, you've actually looked probably yeah. better throughout the duration of this podcast. I'm just like, boo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's halloween baby i'm about to thanks, thanks for dressing ah! up. it's halloween thanks for dressing up oh okay um joking thanks tots that was number 84 in the books for you thank you mr b rad for hooking yeah. up congrats on your new thank you uh home and heart thank you very much we'll have you in it soon <laughs> thank you i can't wait to be in it <laughs> all right y'all mm -hmm. we will catch you up next time bye-bye peace out